0: Welcome to Crossroads Connection. This is a show all about having conversations surrounding life, ministry, and culture. I want to say a quick thank you to our friends at the Truth Network for airing this program. And thank you for joining and listening today. I am Tyler, and I'm joined as always by Andy and Jamie. How are you both doing?
1: Hey, Tyler. Hey, Andy. I'm doing good today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What? I like that.
2: I'm doing good today. 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 Yeah. Maybe not tomorrow.
1: We don't know. Who knows? Tomorrow's not here yet. Who knows? Right.
2: Will you good yesterday like you put a question mark on it?
1: I think uh, yeah, I got to leave a question mark yesterday? on it. I think I was let me think. Yeah, I was good yesterday. You were
2: good yesterday yeah. and today is just like <laughs> I'm good Today. Today,
1: That's all I'm committing to so far. (laughs) I like that.
2: I like that. That's all I'm committing to so far. I'm not going to commit to tomorrow yet. I'm just going to commit to today. Mm -hmm. And uh, hey, I'm doing wonderful. And it's as always, I so appreciate you, Tyler and Jamie, taking time out of your day as well to join me on Crossroads Connection. And thank you, as always, to everybody who is listening to us right now, Saturday afternoon, noon hour, wherever you are. Thank you for. Listening to this program, and I do hope, as always, that this program brings you a little encouragement today. Like mm-hmm. I hope, I hope mm-hmm. people smile.
1: That's what I want. Yeah. I think they do. I want
2: them to smile when they <laughs> listen to Crossword. Do you think they do?
1: <laughs> I think they do. We bring some joy.
2: You don't think they're in a the car going, oh no,
1: these guys again? <laughs> oh no, yeah, stuck no. in traffic. No. I know, stuck in traffic.
2: I, I uh, oh, speaking of traffic, by the way, Uh-oh. uh The other day, I was going to pick my daughter up from volleyball, and I had my son with me, and we were going down these back roads. And we were stuck in traffic for 20 minutes oh. at a construction site on a back oh road. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. I tell you what, you learn a lot about people. Yeah. You learn a lot about people yeah. when they're stuck in traffic. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily my son and I, but mm-hmm. everybody uh, there else. Yeah. There's a lot of people yeah. that have issues out there. I'll tell you that uh, much. Yeah. It's funny because all of a sudden people start like laying on the horn. Like, <laughs> there's a poor guy. He's just standing up there with one of those stop signs in his hand. Oh yeah, he, He's not even looking at the cars anymore. He's looking the other direction because the cars are like, you could see people like pointing at him and beeping. And quite honestly, it was like, why are we even stopped? you uh, ever have that happen?
1: Yeah, yes. You, you
2: might be in your car right now wherever you are and you maybe you're stopped going.
1: Why am I stopped? Sometimes you don't know why. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah. But
2: so I say all that to say that wherever you are today, hopefully you're smiling right now and hopefully you're enjoying <laughs> a little bit of connection. And I like that word. I know. Connection. In fact, today I think that's the word we want to talk about. Okay. We're going to talk about the word connection. Not only is it in the title Crosswords Connection, but the word connection means a lot. Mm-hmm. And how people are connecting right now is very interesting and mm-hmm. very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Th- this is a very interesting time that we're in, as we both know. In fact, as we're recording this right now, Tyler, you're at home doing this mm-hmm. remotely, and we're here at the at the office recording it. And, you know, people are everywhere trying to connect, right? Mm-hmm. We're trying to connect, and hopefully we can connect today around life, ministry, and culture, as we say. But I think about what does connecting really mean? What does it mean to really connect with somebody, You know, and what does it mean ultimately to really connect with God? And then how do you put those two things together to say, I'm going to connect with God and I'm going to connect with people. And I think that's why I've really enjoyed the ability that our church has had to reopen. Right? I mean, because it's been great. We've had, oh boy, it's been going on six months now. Six months (laughs) since most of our church world that we know of has been virtual. That's wild. And not just Crossroads, but everybody. Yeah. You know, everybody. And there's a lot of churches right now that are, not planning to open until January. There's other ones opening soon. Some have already opened and you know, and that's fine. It all depends on the church and what they're doing. But for us particularly, there's something about coming together and connecting that is pretty important. And I've enjoyed that we've been able to do that. And we've been able to do it in a safe way, haven't we, Tyler? We've been able to do it pretty safely with with some pretty good guidelines that are still in place.
0: Yeah, man, I think I've been really proud of how we've been able to do it and that we've really um, kept in mind the safety of people as they're coming into the building. You know, we are encouraging social distancing best that we can. We are encouraging everyone to wear masks and we're spacing everybody out in our worship center. And we've even adjusted our service times a little bit to allow more time for people to uh, get into the building safely, make their way out and we can clean everything. So, yeah, I've been really proud that we've been able to do this safely and keep our people safe.
2: Yeah. in fact when we first opened, we heard a lot of that. We got a lot mm-hmm. of now let's let's face it. For some people we've opened too soon. Mm-hmm. And for other people we've opened way too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. there's some people that think we should have opened or never closed. Never closed. Yeah. And you got other people thinking we shouldn't open for a long, long time and everybody in between. But kinda as we talked about uh on the radio last week, in fact out of Galatians one, are we trying to please man or God? Mm. I think that's I love that we are trying to please God. That's what we're trying to do. And and I wonder what would happen in all of our lives if we took that same idea and just funnel that into every area of our life that we're here to not please each other or please man. We're here to please God first. And and I think you're right, Tyler, as a church, as an organization. In fact, we've had a lot of churches, we've actually had a lot of churches visit Crossroads on a Sunday to find out what we're doing and how we're doing. And I want to put this out there if you're a church wondering what we did or how we opened, not that we've done it perfect or that we have it all figured out, but I feel like we got a pretty good plan. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. And so you can contact us. Go to crossroads.org and you can contact us directly. We'd love to help you with that because connecting is more than just an IP address. It's more than just somebody clicking. Yeah, and you could tweet that. I could, I could tweet that. <laughs> that'll <laughs> preach. You <know>? That's right. <laughs> uh, maybe that'll be a sermon. More oh, than an IP address.
1: There
2: you go. Oof. But the reality is when a church in our world that we're in now and a lot of people listening attend church it's sometimes hard to gauge if you're making an impact and if you're really reaching people right now in this time that we're in right now because mm-hmm. you really can't see people that much and the people who are coming back to the building we're running only about i think we're running at about 25 percent, mm-hmm. roughly probably right. on average about 25 percent back in the building and oh by the way this is pretty exciting. Yeah. You know what's happening tomorrow, Jamie? Don't it you? It is very. exciting. Do you know what's happening tomorrow?
1: I do know what's happening tomorrow. Can are you sure? I because share? your
2: your voice says yes, but I I'm looking at your eyes and you're saying <laughs> you're saying. What, what
1: are you about to do, Annie?
2: are saying I don't know, but I think you know. I think I
1: know. Okay, so we are opening back up. The building of our other campus, That's our right. Wake Forest campus tomorrow. We are. Yeah. 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 I'm very excited about that.
2: Yeah. First time that people will be inside the Wake Forest campus I'm since, so March. Excited. Yeah. since March. Yeah. March. And for people that are wondering why we didn't do that, our our buildings are different. The right. Milburg campus, we have very vast hallways. Yes. <laughs> it's very big hallways and very big spaces. The Wake Forest campus is up in a smaller church in Wake Forest and the church building that we bought and we didn't build it, but we bought it and mm-hmm. the hallways are very small and the worship center there. Uh, the seating capacity is much smaller than here. So we wanted right. to make sure that we could open safely there. Yep. So yes. So we are opening yeah. Wake Forest on tomorrow. So happy for them. I am too. They, yeah. they've been working hard. They've been doing parking lot drive-in services outside in
1: July <laughs>
2: in July and yeah. in August. It's, yeah. been, it's been crazy to so see hot. it's been very hot yeah. out there, but they've been yeah. troopers. They've been doing good. They've been doing it with a smile on their face, but so connecting is interesting. How are people listening right now? Connecting, right? Mm-hmm. So we could technically say that we're connecting with people right now, but mm-hmm. isn't there something about just seeing somebody face to face? Oh my goodness, yes! And mask to mask, whatever you want to call it, right? <laughs> just to be in the same, in the same vicinity as people is pretty important. And yeah. so I've been pretty excited about this for us, but at the same time, at the same time, it has created a lot of good innovation.
1: There's been a lot of great
2: things that have come from doing things virtually.
1: Yes, even just within our church, like the way we've had to step up our production value of what we're putting out online. Yeah,
2: absolutely, one hundred percent, and how we're launching fall. Yes, this is Mm -hmm. true. This is going to be very interesting. Yeah. So, because Tyler, you all haven't had an in-person worship practice for five or six months, other than on Sunday morning. Yeah. But you're still connecting with people. You know, mm-hmm. and you're still connecting with them. But this fall, so our church historically has had pretty good classes that mm-hmm. have really helped with discipleship. So we right. want to make disciples, right? We want to be a disciple-making church. Right. That's what we want to do. Uh, that's what we're called to do, to make disciples, to transform the triangle in the world. And a lot of ways we do that are with groups or classes or teams. And some groups were able to continue virtually, and a lot of them did. But we're getting ready to do a mixture now going into mm-hmm. the fall, which I think is pretty... That's pretty important. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're going to be having some, our Wednesday night classes, for example, are all going to be virtual. They're mm-hmm. all going to be virtual. And Sunday morning, we're going to have very limited yeah. classes. But again, uh, it's all about connecting with people. Yeah. And sure, you can connect online and virtually, but there is something just about being together. And that is what the church is, right? That's the the heartbeat meaning of the church is to come together yeah. and to be together. But regardless, we've been able to maintain our Transformation 2020 plan which has been really good and very helpful to us. And we've been reading through uh, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Mm -hmm. We're now into the major prophets Mm -hmm. like Isaiah. And, uh, Mm. And so it's pretty interesting to see what's formulating out of these
1: areas that we're in. Yeah, absolutely. Like we talk about every week, we are reading the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. We're reading through the entire Bible as a church. And then Andy is preaching his sermons out of whatever part of the Bible we've been in um, that week. Yep. And so what we're going to do right now is let's listen to a clip of one of those recent sermons.
2: Yeah. And let me set it up really quickly. This is out of Ecclesiastes. We've preached in Ecclesiastes for a couple of weeks. And this particular one is out of the last chapter of Ecclesiastes. And if you listened to the program last week, I talked about just the very ending of it, but I wanted to circle back to the beginning of it to where we really did talk about practical wisdom. Because I think even as we're talking about connection right now, we need a whole lot of wisdom. I know Mm -hmm. I do need a lot of wisdom on Mm -hmm. how to, you know, my daughter's about ready to start virtual academy in school and your kids as well. And then, and there's people all over the place of of what's happening right now in in business and in school and in family. So I think that I hope and pray that this message will just encourage people with some good practical wisdom. Mm. So here you go, check out this message, the title of it, Practical Wisdom.
3: Perhaps you've asked yourself this question, Are you running the business or is the business running you? How might your teams grow if your teams were driving the business forward instead of you? You are sitting on a wealth of untapped opportunity. It takes courage to learn how to create a culture where your people are truly empowered to own their seats. My name is Cheryl Scanlon, business and executive coach. Working together, we'll go straight to your core challenges to sort through competing demands and realign to your highest priorities for measurable results. Visit c3advantage.net. That's c3advantage.net.
2: So this morning, I'm going to talk about four areas, and these are really four areas that practical wisdom require us to have for everyday life. He talks about wisdom often in this book, and wisdom involves seeing life from a different perspective, and not just a different perspective, but a divine perspective. You know, Scripture says that anyone who lacks wisdom can come and ask, and God will give them wisdom. Well, the wisdom that God gives us is from a divine perspective And I think that's so important for you and I to have, isn't it? It's not just the perspective that I have from my own eyes or even the perspective that you might have on something or somebody else. But at the end of the day, if I'm going to find true purpose in life and who God is in my life, then I have to have divine perspective. And again, the writer, as he's writing through Ecclesiastes, keeps reminding us that even though the things on this earth are all vanity and loss, that there is a divine and heavenly approach to life that actually is fulfilling and finds purpose. So this morning, I want to give us four areas of wisdom that you and I can use and practically use every day. The first one is this. just the title of number one, is Vanity of Vanities. We've got to address this one first. The writer speaks on this 30-some-odd times in this book, and again, here at the end of Ecclesiastes, he hits it again. And so we're going to read just one verse, Ecclesiastes 12.8, before we go on. And he says this. He says, Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is vanity— fear God and keep his commands. Again, why would he say something as vanity over 37 times within 12 chapters unless he was trying to get a point across? And the point he's not trying to get across is don't enjoy life. He's not saying that. In fact, he says that quite often. Hey, enjoy life while you can. Pursue happiness. Pursue things. Pursue stuff. But at the end of the day, it's about where our heart is and where our mind is. And that is what requires whether we have vanity or humility, whether we have blessings or whether we have curses. Ecclesiastes reports the news that results from a diligent quest for purpose, meaning, and satisfaction in our life. This preacher, as Solomon writes, sees the emptiness that power brings and popularity or prestige bring and pleasure apart from God. Again, what he's not saying is those things aren't pursuable. He's making a clear line that if you're going to pursue these things, make sure you do it in the context of who God is, not just on your own. For example, if my end goal in life is just to have stuff, then that's my reward, scripture says. Then that's where I actually, I have no more reward other than that. But there's more to it than that. There's something beyond that. All my earthly goals and all my ambitions when pursued as an end to themselves leads to dissatisfaction. How often do we see that? We see that all the time. Not only in my life, we see it around in culture, that that pursuit of something that just leaves you empty and leaves you frustrated. And he's warning us here. He's warning us throughout this entire book saying, don't just pursue things that are going to make you feel good for just a moment. We can overcome the vanities, he says, by fear in the Lord. Who is good, who is life-giving, who is sovereign. See, wisdom that he speaks about here involves seeking life from that divine perspective, as he says again and again and again. The writer of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, actually says this a little differently, which I kind of enjoy this. He says it this way, starting in verse 19. It will be up here on the screens or on your screen where you're watching from. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where nobody can break in and steal it. Now watch this last verse for where your heart is, or for where your treasure is, there your heart also is. So again, this writer is, is putting things in perspective. I came across this statement earlier this week when I was looking into the book Ecclesiastes more and more, and I love this statement. He says it this way. It says, God is not against you having things. He is against things having you. I think that's a great way of summarizing vanity of vanities. God is not against you having things. What he's against is are things having you? That is the difference. As the writer says, where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. So if my heart and focus and perspective is on God first, Scripture says then all these other things will be added. Again, there's nothing wrong with all those things, there's nothing wrong with having them, but when all those things have you, and that is our heart of hearts, this is where the writer is saying that's all lost, it's all vanity. There's no wisdom in that. There's no fulfillment in that. There's no peace in that. It leaves us hungry. It leaves us dry. And it constantly leaves us wanting more. The old adage is that people used to say, which is very true, is that there's only uh, a God-shaped hole inside of our life that only God can fill. And that's kind of true. There's nothing else that can fill that thing that God has for us. Do you know that every person created was born with eternity in their hearts, is what Scripture says? That every person that's ever been born has been born, according to the scripture, with eternity longing in their hearts. That everybody, whether they know who God is yet or not, has a longing and desire for more. That we were designed for eternity. Well, if we're designed for eternity, nothing in this earth is going to fill that void. Nothing's going to satisfy it. Again, it's not about things, it's about things having you. Whereas opposed to what happens when God has you. And I think that's the point he's trying to make, is what happens and what would my life and your life look like if God had you, if God had your heart, if he had your mind, if God had your desire, and that was first in our life? Imagine what would happen in the culture. This is how we change the narrative. When God has people like you and like me, and God has our heart and he has our mind and he has our will, and we're following him because his perspective in life and what he wants us to do in life is greater than anything else, then all of a sudden we start to see the narrative begin to change. Number two is this, the second one. The second practical wisdom requires us, secondly, to have words of life. I like how he's beginning to summarize what he's saying. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 9 and 10, he says it this way. He says, besides being wise... He says, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. Speaking of the 900 proverbs before, the book of Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, on and on. But he says this at the end, in verse 10, he says, the preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. I I think that the reason why that's in there is that this book, and you can get off track so heavy And so heavy-hearted so quickly. I mean, let's face it. The entire book starts off with meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. That's usually not a big, uplifting message to write an entire book on. He says it over and over and over again, at least three times per chapter through the entire book. Meaningless, meaningless, vanity, vanity, all is lost, everything under the sun. I searched for everything under the sun. Couldn't find joy and fulfillment in life. So at the end of the day, it's all meaningless. That's not an overly upright and delightful conversation. And so what he is saying though here in this verse is that it's not just all about gloom and doom. It's actually about speaking words of delight and words of truth and allowing people to feel that there's a sense of belonging and there is a sense of hope and there is blessing and peace that come out of seeking God first. Let me just ask you a question. I asked people the first service I've been asking myself all week. It's a real good, quick gut check for all of us. Who are you speaking delight and truth into? Just you. Who are you speaking that into? Who in your life, in your circle, are you speaking delight, speaking truth? Lord knows we need that right now. You can turn on any media source you want or any social media thing you want to open and it's really hard to find delightful, meaningful, truthful conversations right now. It seems like everything is just dark and hurtful and hard and worrisome and anxious. and all these things. I mean, that's, that's, that's what's drawing everybody's attention. And in the middle of all the chaos, church, because you and I are the church, who are we speaking words of delight to and who are speaking words of truth to? Now, let me, let me just warn you. That doesn't mean we just tickle people's ears to make them feel good. And I want to draw a clean line between this because the scripture actually addresses that again in Matthew, again in the New Testament. They address this concept of of not just tickling people's ears, of not just telling people what they want to do. In fact, Jesus warns people saying there's a day coming when that's all that people are going to want. All people are going to want to do is find their truth. How many times have we heard that before? That's their truth. I'm going to find my truth. See, the reality, church, is that God has already spelled out truth for us. We don't have to go search for it. And so, as we think about this and back up just a moment, I want to read this. It's in 2 Timothy, actually. In 2 Timothy, where Paul is addressing Timothy, and Paul's speaking of this. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, he says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, uh, rebuke and exhort... With complete patience and teaching, and oh, by the way, that's not just an exhortation to Timothy, that's for all of us. That's the calling that all of us have, that we all we all preach our own messages every single day. and I wonder, I just wonder, what is the preaching that we are preaching to the world? What's the sermon? What's the message that you and I are displaying to our neighbors, to our friends, to coworkers, to our own family? Because every day we have an opportunity to preach the word somehow some way. And he sets it up, and then he says that there's a warning here in verse 3. He says, For there's a time coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. I see this happen often. And probably if you just think about for a moment how often do we see that happen as well in maybe your life or other people's lives is, is that here's the reality. The reality is if you want to know how to have a good marriage and how to treat your spouse, it's already here. You don't have to figure it out. It's already right here. You just saw a thing about the marriage mentors that help us with that. It's a great ministry, great tool. It's already in here. If you want to know what the truth is about life and about death, it's already in here. And we can kind of run through the entire list that everybody seems to want to argue about or find their truth on on. But it's already written out. And so what's happening is people, as we said, remember the, the beginning. If we go back to Genesis, all Satan had to do, and we've talked about this since January 1st has been preached through the Scripture, all the enemy had to do to Eve was just get her to doubt what God said. That's all he had to do. Right? What did he say? Did God really say that you can't eat from this tree? That's all, if you look at it, it's the only thing that the enemy started with. Just that one question. Did God really tell you you can't eat from that tree? And all it did was create and plant a little bit of doubt in Eve's mind. That's all the enemy tries to do today. Did God really say that that's how we're supposed to live life? I don't think so. And so all of a sudden, the enemy just wants to give us a doubt this. We see this happen all the time. The word of God is so challenged right now. And people just want to find their own truth. And Paul addresses with Timothy saying, hey, there's a time coming when people are just going to, if they don't like the message from one church, they're going to go to another church until they finally find the church that suits their liking. If people don't like the message from one person, they're just going to keep bouncing from one friend to another friend to another friend until somebody just tells them what they want to hear. See, speaking words of delight doesn't mean we don't speak words of truth. It's both together. And I love that the writer here, Solomon, is warning and saying again, listen, being wise and having knowledge in everything we have, you also have to find place where you speak truth in life. The third one is this, number three. The practical wisdom for today requires us thirdly to understand being anchored in the word. It ties into number two, but the writer continues in Ecclesiastes 12 verse 11. He says the words of the wise are like goids, and I like this next thing. He says like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. And then he warns us, my son, beware of anything beyond these. Or make in many books there is no end and much study is a wariness of the flesh. I really do like he says it again. He brings it back to the word and it's basically saying, hey, this word here is like a nail to, to who our life, it's anchoring us. That the truth found in the scripture is really what anchors us in life. It holds us together in life. That the goal, by the way, the goal is not just to have knowledge for knowledge's sake. The goal isn't just to read this, and he was even talking about this in Ecclesiastes. The goal isn't just to read a a bunch of books and have all this knowledge. It's about, is that word of God transforming your life? We talk about this from day one of this year regardless of a coronavirus or regardless of any other issues that we're facing in life, regardless of any of that, doesn't change the word of God. It doesn't change the calling that you and I have to be disciples. It doesn't change our journey in becoming more like Christ. It doesn't change that. Instead, it needs to anchor us who we are in him. This transformation is what God's calling us to do. In Isaiah chapter 7 verse 9, I'm going to read it in two different versions. In Isaiah 7, 9, one version says it this way. He says, if you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. Another version says it this way. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Those are two very wise passages, church. That if you and I, that if we're not firm in our faith, in other words, if you and I are not firm in who we are in Christ, then we're not going to be able to stand in front of anything. And if you and I aren't firm in that, we're not going to be firm in anything in our life. Do you catch that? All of it is based out of who
1: Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that that message, practical wisdom, was an encouragement to you. Thank you to C3 Advantage and thank you to all of our listeners for joining us. We look forward to you joining us on the next show.
3: Your success as a leader hinges upon buy in from your teams, clear and consistent communication from you, and strategic delegation. My name is Cheryl Scanlon. C3 Advantage helps you steward your most valuable resource well, improve retention grow employee engagement, and generate higher team and individual ownership. The success of your organization begins with you and depends on your team. Go deeper as a leader and watch your organization go further. Visit c3advantage.net at c3advantage.net.